What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel of Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. I am super excited. I have Amy Boswinkle with me here today. She is an energy coach. She has overcome so many different obstacles. She's an intuitive um, business coach. I think that's what I read. Um, so I'm going to have her introduce herself, and I'm going to read some quotes that I found on her website that I just think are so amazing. But Amy, why don't you tell us, you have a very, very interesting and almost like a heart-tugging story. When I first met you, and you're very open and honest, which I think is just amazing, because I think that that is what really inspires people. So we got, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, Deanna. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on a label-free podcast. I'm so excited to share my journey with everybody today and be connected to you again. I just think the world of you oh, before you. I get started. I just wanted to you know, make babe. sure I yeah. said that to you. <laughs> um, hi, everybody. I'm Amy Boss Twinkle, and I am an intuitive and a women's energetic mindset marketing and strategy business coach. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I am a certified NLP master practitioner. NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. Um, I am also a certified RMT, which stands for Reiki master teacher. Um, I have, uh, I am a featured co-author in two different books. One is uh, Victorious Women Overcoming Mediocrity, and the other is called The Impactors. I am a top 10 finalist from season one of the Next Impactor competition. It was a public speaking competition that was absolutely fantastic that I was a part of in 2019. And I just absolutely love people. Like I have always loved people. Yeah. Um, however, I wasn't always as open um, and as talkative and communicative as I am today because um, you know, to, to take you back a little bit in my timeline, um, I have suffered from um, childhood sexual abuse starting at age three. Um, at age three, I did know that I, I had a gift. I, I wouldn't have said it was a gift at age three, but yeah. uh, my great-grandmother was passing away from cancer. And I remember I would climb up into her bed and I would get messages in the corner of the room was an angel. Wow. And the angel would tell me messages to, to tell to my great grandmother um, because she was afraid. And I told her, I, I remember very vividly that I would, I told her that where she was going, there was going to be no more pain, that she would still be able to see us and be a part of our lives and that she had really nothing at all to worry about. And I know that those conversations really helped her transition yeah. into the next world and they certainly helped me as that well make me cry <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you Deanna um so I um I lost my light uh I the the sexual abuse that occurred uh, was from a family member who told me to never tell or nobody would love me anymore so at age three I lost my voice um, I was really afraid to express myself. I'm not saying that I never spoke ever because that would be a fib, um, but it was very hard for me to talk to people and to tell them who I was. So things were always really surface level with me. Yeah. And it was always a, a struggle to be able to um, talk with people. I, it, I would get a lot of anxiety and I would have to like really think about what I was going to say before I could say it. And this, 
actually presented itself as a problem when I was in first grade. I was uh, six years old. My teachers thought that I was a special needs student because I couldn't talk. So I got sent to the special needs classroom um, where I they learned that I didn't really belong there. But the beauty and the gift in that is that I think that was the first time that I realized that I actually really loved helping people. So being sent to that special needs classroom, there were only, you know, maybe five or six students in there. But because I I could go there, I got to thrive um, because I loved helping those kids. I can remember. That's amazing, especially if you're being, if you're being victimized yourself. And I just want to sidetrack a little bit because I'm very much into following, you know, what's happening right now in our world with the whole pedophilia rings and you know, I did a big event against human trafficking last year. And, you know, it is very, very sad to hear how many young people are being victimized at a very young age and a lot of times within the, in their own homes. And I got, I got to give you a lot of credit for being, having the courage to talk about it because it, it's, it is almost, it's a very taboo subject and it actually makes me very angry. We're more concerned about this whole COVID nonsense, which, you know, as, as someone who is, you know, holistic and, and, you know, has a healthy outlook that is, we should be more focused on a lot of that stuff that's happening than, than this other stuff. So like, I applaud you and it, like my heart goes out to you for what you went through. And I think that it's important for you to keep telling your story. Thank you so much, Deanna. <laughs> Thank no, you so much. strongly about it. And I just like, I, I was looking forward to it. And when we were talking, when the last time I saw you, you were talking, I wanted to hear more. And that's why I was just like, I was so determined to get you on here. And like, let's like, I want to hear you talk more. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I am in agreement with you. This is such an important topic to be talked talking about. And, and I know that we need to be informed around, about what's going on in the world, but I think that a lot of the things going on in the world are bringing up a lot of traumas in people. Yes. You know, people have been isolated. Um, you know, some people have lost their jobs over COVID-19. And, you know, in, in that isolation, what I found in my community is you know, it's bringing up these traumas to the surface and people are needing a safe place to go and share what's coming up for them. Um, And what I also know is, and this is a part of my story too, um, that these traumas, when they're not addressed, uh, you know, when people are isolated and they're in their head a lot and they haven't created the right tools um, that allow for success to be inevitable in their life, yeah. when all they're doing is literally overthinking mm-hmm. the problem over and over and over again, um, allowing it to um, take precedence in their mind so that their mind goes into that third level high beta brainwave um, state where they're in survival mode. Um, people are reverting to numbing agents such yeah. as alcohol, drugs, um, uh, spending money, um, food, things of that nature. And um, having a safe space to be able to express that. I mean, my gosh, I was, I I don't know the exact statistics, but somebody was telling me the other day, the amount of uh, alcohol being drank right now is up like over 50%. Oh yeah. I'm guilty. I mean, I don't, I'm more of a social drinker, but I'm guilty of it right now. Like, cause what, there's nothing else. I, I was loving, I was working like 12 hour days and I loved it. Like I would get to the, I would take a train to the city, you know, and I had no time to like go out and party. Cause I was like working out, working, working out, working. And so I did, I mean, I was very, I was very like, I didn't drink anything for like almost five months. And then when this hit it, 
my shows were canceled that I was going to compete in. And then it was just like, well, what the, what the fuck am I going to do? Sorry, <laughs> right? sorry, sorry to use that language. So then I just started like the people that did want to socialize. I've been guilty of over, over, over drinking a little bit during this time as well. So yes, I, I can speak for like myself. Like, yeah, I'm definitely indulging more because well, number one, I'm just bored, you know, because it's like, yeah. what, what do I do? And number two, it is like a little bit like, oh, well, shit, I don't have a job and everything's like, you know, we don't know where life is going. So, you know, that's where my mindset is at, you know, but I don't, I don't drink every day. I don't, I don't drink every day, but I, but when I do, when I'm going out, I'm like, woohoo, like party. <laughs> you know, I think that's, oh, that's okay. It's kind of healthy. <laughs> Uh, I'm in total agreement. I, I personally can't drink like a normal person. I do have a problem when I when I take even one sip of alcohol. It's like I have an allergy to it. Oh wow! Um, I turn into a completely different person. Oh yeah. And I can't stop. So um, oh. uh, using the uh, the allergy analogy works really well for me. But I'm sure. in total agreement. There's nothing wrong with you know, having, having drinks and relaxing and, you know, just kind of celebrating too and, much. Yeah. But there is a, I agree, but in what you're saying, you know, there's a line, you know, yeah. there, there's kind of a line and we know ourselves, yeah. right. And when we're being aware and we know ourselves and we know, you know, what the line is and we get to make a choice at that point in time sure. and say, Hey, you know what, even though I've probably crossed the line a little bit. This is working for me right now or it's not and we can make a new choice. Right. True. Very true. Well, getting back to your story with um, being working with special needs people, that's when you knew yeah. you, you love to serve. So I'm, I'm kind of, the, I, I think we're kindred spirits where I love to serve too. I think it's great helping people and there's not enough of us in the world. So continue on with, with where you were at with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I, I think, you know, being sent to that special needs classroom is where I I gained my first sense that I absolutely loved helping people and it was part of my life's mission. Um, however, the teachers in that classroom quickly realized I didn't belong there and sent me back to the regular classroom. And I was just kind of put in the back. I wasn't worked with or anything like that. And so I created, I created a story around myself. Uh, and that was that I was stupid. I was fat and I was ugly. Oh, oh and, um, and that, I'm sure a lot of that stems from too being victimized sexually, you know, sexually victimized at a young age because you carry that with you. And then, you know, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with what brought you got, got, you know, caused a lot of those addictions. I mean, I, I'm not sure, but I would assume that that's a big part of it. It, it absolutely was, you know, because I had, I held that secret inside of me about being abused um, from my family. I told certain friends, not very many people, yeah. but I did sell, tell certain friends as I got to be a, you know, a middle to an older teenager in, in my early twenties, but I didn't tell any of my family members until uh, my my mid-20s, um, and that was the first time I attempted suicide, and it was actually recommended by my doctor when I was in the psychiatric unit that I should tell one of my parents, and I chose to tell my dad at that time, um, because my mother, uh, got, I love her, my mom passed away in 2008. She was a prescription opiate addict, and she uh. accidentally overdosed and passed away, so 
Um, I never knew which version of my mom I was going to get when I was growing up. So I just felt the more stable parent for me to tell was my dad in my, you know, early 20s. Um, so yeah, I carried the story of I was stupid, I was fat, I was ugly, I believed it, I believed it to my core. I have never been overweight a day in my life. And most people would tell you that I, you know, yeah, I'm, you're I'm, be I'm you're, beautiful. You're like, you're, you're, you've got a lean frame. Have you always <laughs> had a lean frame? I have, oh. yeah. Oh, that's terrible that you felt that way. Um, yeah, so that that's what I believed about myself until I was 40 years old. I believed that I was stupid, I was fat, and I was ugly until I was 40 years old. Um, um, even though those things were not true, they were true to me. Sure, sure. And I became... Um, in time, um, I graduated from high school. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to go away to college. Um, I just wanted a sense of freedom because I had always felt like I was a caged animal. And my parents were actually, you know, pretty receptive, but I didn't come from a home where there was very much money because as I stated, my mom was a prescription pill addict and she would hide the family, like hide the utility bills. She sure. would hide them in the dresser. She would hide them under the bed um, and tell my dad that she had paid them. And who knows where that money went. Sure. We never had anything. The well, that's, a true, that's a true addict right there. When they start doing stuff like that, that's, that's, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. So that's kind of like runs in the family a little bit then. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I would be told to not tell again from my mom, she would hide the bills and I would watch her do it. And she would say, you know, don't tell anybody. So I learned when I was young that, you know, you hid money, you, you, right. Like you, 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 you hid bills and like you hid money and you told lies about money. And I, I, I learned all That's a lot of really dysfunction right there about money. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mo money, love, all those things. I got told all sorts of like misconceptions about that. So, um, you know, my parents were supportive of me going to college, but they couldn't, they, they, did what they could to help me, but they really couldn't help me a lot. So sure. I ended up having to work full time and go to school full time. And I became a full time partier. I started off with, um, you know, smoking pot and drinking alcohol, which led to um, utilizing pills and using uh, uppers and cocaine. And, you know, it, it, it led down the road to, um, uh, you know, I wasn't a fan of uppers like Coke and crack, but I wasn't picky either, but it eventually led down the line. That high. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I, 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 it's not funny, but like, you know, <laughs> back in my earlier days, I was a party girl, but it was not something that I ever took. Like I was like, oh, this is fun, you know, for a minute and then I'd be done with it. So like, you know, I, I've tried, I, I haven't done, like I've tried Coke, you know, and I did like, I would took some pills and here and there, but I was just like, it was, I was never a fan. Like I was like, okay. So I, I know what that's like, but I also, I have also had friends that's, that went down that slippery slope and, you know, I saw them and I saw them just kind of fall down and get caught up in it. So, you know, even though that did not hit, which I'm lucky did not happen to me, I've seen that happen to other people. And that's, that's, a, it's a, you know, it's a rough, that's a rough road. Absolutely. I, and I'm in total agreement and, and watch people, you know, go down that road. And I had, you know, my own road that I walked down. Eventually it led me down the road of um, using uh, heroin intravenously. Um, I 
ended up getting three DUI. I did graduate from college. I am a very disciplined, throughout this all, I'm a very disciplined person. That never left me. I've always been a very disciplined and a very motivated right. person. And for a long time, I held this, and I would even say it, it was like a badge of honor. Like right. I'm a functional alcoholic. It was a badge of honor to me. I could go to work. I could pay my bills. I made yeah. sure I was fed and, you know, taken care of. But every single night I was getting drunk. And, and as I stated, it eventually led down to the road. I um, graduated from, from college. I did get my bachelor's degree in psychology. I did, you know, hold jobs. I'm, you know, back then I thought I was a good employee looking back on it now, you know, I, I, I wasn't the best employee, although, you know, I, I, I'm, yeah. I did follow the rules, but sure. You know, when you're, when you've been out all night drinking and, you know, popping pills and stuff, you're not your best self when you go to work the next day. Uh, and no. That's just the truth. Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> um, thank God. And, those, thank God those days are in the past. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it, it just led down to the path of, um, uh, becoming suicidal. I've attempted suicide multiple times. I have three DUIs. Um, I ended up uh, hanging out with gang members and driving to the projects of Chicago every night just to buy dope where the color of my skin was the wrong color uh, to be in certain neighborhoods and finding myself in, you know, uh, crack houses and all sorts of situations that just was went against it and the thing was is that you know to look at me and and to be with me even those you know the people that I hung out with were always like why are you doing this you're yeah. like you're like your your energy your intelligence you've graduated from like like what is it and I the best I can tell you now that I have sobriety is that I was looking to numb out from dealing with the reality of what was the problems that were really going on in my life because they were too uh, mentally and emotionally painful for me to deal with at that time. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of people though. I mean, typically when, when people are self-medicating, they're trying to escape, you know, they don't want to feel those things. I mean, when my husband passed away, like I, I self-medicated for, for a minute, like, you know, and then I had to like shake myself like, okay, it's time just to like close that chapter, accept what you can and, you know, forgive, move on, you know? So I had to like come to a place of forgiveness and, you know, this was like four years ago. I mean, I was just drinking a lot. Not and like in the last part of that whole grieving process for me was I had to, I actually shot, shut myself into my home and I like during throughout Christmas and I, and I just had to grieve. I just had to like feel it because right when he passed, I did not, I just kept going. You know, you just see it like what you were doing. You're just keep going and trying to numb it, numb it. I mean, I was just, I just kept going. I kept myself extremely busy. And then I finally just had to just deal with it. And that was, um, that was tough when you, when you finally like force yourself to deal with it, but it's good. I mean, this is how we grow and this is how we become, you get your, you get that light back. Like you, uh, you definitely have a good energy, like a great aura. Like when I met you, I was like, Oh, I, I love her. Like, I just love it. I can, I mean, I can even see it coming through the screen right now. So I mean, thank God that you will overcome all those things and you have the story to tell. So let's talk more, but now about your business and what you do, like all these things have brought you to this place. And, I think, wait, wait, wait. I want to read the quote I saw. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh, I was reading your website. 
Love will change the nation. The nation starts within you. I love that. I mean, that's, a, that's like a very powerful statement considering what the state of our nation is in right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm in total agreement, Deanna. What I've learned on my own journey is that I had to learn to love myself. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I had never been taught. Um, it's something that I didn't know how to do. It was a concept and a philosophy that I had never heard of before. Sure. Um, so once I started the healing process on the physical level, and I started to gain my physical health back, um, because at the end there, I, I did have extensive liver damage and I did have a doctor look me in the mm. eyes and tell me that I was going to die. Oh, yikes. Uh, okay. Because my liver enzymes were so high and through the roof and my liver was so damaged. She literally was like, you're, you're going to die. And um, I took, I took uh, everything into my own hands because up until that point, I had tried all of the traditional treatments out there. And I'm not against the traditional treatments sure. for anyone watching this video. This is just my personal story of experience, strength, and hope here. But I tried you know, the inpatient um, detox, I tried the outpatient detox, I tried the 90 meetings in 90 days with AA, I tried NA, I tried therapy, I was on prescription medication, I was labeled as borderline personality disorder, I was labeled as psychotic, oh. I was labeled as um, uh, severe anxiety and um, uh, severe depression as well. And uh, when those things did not work for me, I uh, ended up crashing my car into a telephone pole. I had been drinking and driving. I got my third DUI. I, was tr I had tried to commit suicide from the back of the police car on oh. my way to the police station. Uh -huh. um, lost my job, lost my car, no family. There's nothing at this point. My parents decided to take me in one last time. Um, under the condition that I had to have a job, they were not willing to drive me anywhere, right, understandably so. Sure. Three blocks away from their house was a health food store that I applied at, and I got the job there. I ended up working there for 12 and a half years, and that health food store saved my life. It was there that I studied the human body nonstop, biology, chemistry, physiology, anatomy, energy, medicine, medical intuition, um, you name it. I studied the human body nonstop until I understood how my body worked and what was really going on. And I started to make some, some radical changes in my life for the better. So I was able to reverse the liver damage that I, um, I had caused myself. I had a face full of cystic acne. I mean, I, I was, I was in bad shape when I arrived there. I, I, was, I was not healthy. I was very bloated. My skin coloring wasn't very healthy. Um, so it was a, a slow, progressive um, space that I arrived at. Um, I developed my five-step approach, which is in my first book, uh, Victorious Women Overcoming Mediocrity. The story in there is called Darkness, Darkness Everywhere. So my five-step approach to health is in there, the five steps that I utilized myself in the 12 and a half years that I worked at that health food store, uh, when I would get customers who would come in and they were willing to try certain things that I worked with over and over and over again. It was a really simple 
an easy uh, process that I could take them through. Sure. And that was to watch your sugar and carbs, yeah. uh, to look at um, candida, uh, to see how much inflammation you have going on and see if the inflammation markers in the DNA have been turned on, to watch digestive distress and to um, look at adrenal fatigue. So yeah. those were the five things that I found that when I addressed myself, it would help most healthy people who are looking to upgrade their lifestyle. And, um, and I arrived at the space where I started to understand that I, I had to do more than physical healing. I had to do some mental and emotional healing that came later on in time. And sure. once I got to that point where it was the mental, the emotional and the spiritual healing, that's where I started to understand that concept of self-love and that love will save the nation and the nation is within us. Yeah. It is the self-love, it is the nation within yeah. that is actually going to heal and make a person, although none of us are ever broken, it's going to allow us to feel that wholeness sure. of self. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so now you, now today your business is called uh, Connections Restored. And um, that's connectionsrestored.com. And this is where you offer all different types of coaching. I, I do. Yeah. So I started off as a health coach okay. um, and I helped people with all because I have my knowledge base at the health food store. I could help people through a variety of um, health issues. Sure. And then it just kind of gravitated into uh, emotional well-being because understanding emotions and emotional intelligence became really important to me. And now it has gravitated into um, business coaching. Uh, I have created, well, I think, over 30 programs. Um, some of my some of my um, most popular programs. I do have a one-year school called the Science of Energy and Evolution, Ooh. where I teach medical intuition okay. to my students um, through the chakras. And I um, um, attune them to all the way to the master teacher level of Reiki and teach them the concepts and, and how to identify when their clients come to them. Um, uh, with emotional distress, mental distress, physical distress, and how they can um, look back and see where the root cause was and help to guide their clients through that. I also have programs where I help people, um, I help my students connect to their ideal clients online. It's a course called Organized for Visionary Leaders. So it's uh, about how to, how to utilize social media to your benefit uh, to gain clients and financial freedom. Um, and one of the biggest things that I had to learn, not only about the, the healing of my physical body and the self-love, um, but overcoming um, wealth consciousness issues. So I do talk to my clients a lot about money and money stories and, and where those money stories came from and um, allowing more money to flow into their life when our, when our own charisma and magnetism is turned on. I have somebody I want to introduce you to um, one of these days. So uh, the, I, the networking groups are starting to get in full swing again. I think there are someone that you would partner very well with um, and some of the stuff that he does. I think it would be a good um, collaboration for you too. Um, so we'll figure that out offline. But so yeah, I was just taking a look at your website. You've got a lot of different things that you offer and I, I'm just, I just love it. And I, and I agree with 
everything that you're saying. I mean, really our, 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 our physical health is like the foundation, you know, and then, you know, we, and there's different layers of health. And I think a lot, a lot of times, and, and as, as you've experienced yourself, a lot of times people just really ignore diff, those different layers and they're all about that immediate gratification and they're never really dealing with the problem. So, you know, I've come from, you know, my father was abusive. He was a deadbeat dad. He's no, he hasn't been in my, I'm the oldest of five. He hasn't been in my life forever. And, you know, I've gone through a lot of counseling myself, you know, and it's like, and you, I don't think you're ever really done healing. It's a constant work in process because they're like, like what you're talking about earlier with what we're going through, that this situation that like the, 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 um, what this pandemic is, is bringing up a lot of trauma. And I would totally agree. You know, I mean, I'm, it's actually, I'm, my little sister, this has really had a a really hard effect on her. And, you know, I I can't imagine other people that, that this, like what it's doing to them, their mental, their mental health and their emotional health. For me, I just constantly try, I wake up every day, just thankful. And uh, like, I just try to wake up with just loving my life, you know, like being thankful and grateful for the life that I have. But that has been learned over time. And I've taught myself to be that way and just wake up happy. You know, I, especially after watching my husband die in front of my eyes, it's just like, you look at life a lot differently. You really do when you go through that. And especially like what you've gone through, like, I can't even relate to, to what you like. That's you, you dug yourself out of a major hole girl, (laughs) super, super proud. And your story is just amazing. But, um, uh, it's about time for us to wrap things up. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Um, no, other than, um, I just really, truly appreciate this opportunity, Deanna, to share my story of experience, strength, and hope with others, because truly that is part of my purpose. And, you know, what I desire to do is just to give people hope if they've been in dark places and to let them know that, you know, if we choose, if it really becomes important that we're going to, we can truly find that desire deep down inside of us and uh, be able to move forward and find tools and other people or navigation systems that allow us to continue to move forward as long as we want to change, right? Because that want and that desire has to be there. So thank you so much. You're welcome. So I will put all your links, but people can find you on Facebook. Um, So Amy Boswinkle, Connections Restored. Um, It's also connectionsrestored.com. And you're also on Instagram, correct? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm Amy Boswinkle. First name is A-M-I-E-E. Perfect. So I will put all the links in the description. Amy, thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. It has been amazing. I'm sure I'll have you on again soon. We'll talk about some, you know, new after maybe when all this crazy stuff is passed and um, more positive things. Right. But um, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Again, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Until next time, I will talk to you soon.